the stories of entrepreneurs and how they overcame the struggles and challenges to get where they are today. This is Believe in the Entrepreneur with Joel Sandoval, CPA. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Entrepreneur. And I'm super excited because I have Watsonville's very own Jose Luis Marquez, who's a realtor, uh, not only in Watsonville, but all of Santa Cruz County, Monterey County. And uh, I actually grew up um, knowing Jose Luis. You know, he was kind of someone that I looked up to when I was just a young kid. And it's an honor to have here have him here on the show. So welcome to the show, Jose Luis. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, you know, I'm very excited. This is going to be my first uh, podcast. So hopefully, you know, we, we get uh, our ideas and uh, out there so that people can yeah. you know, relate. Yeah, I'm excited. So um, a little bit about Jose Luis. So he's um, he's a realtor that has over 16 years of experience, uh, not only in residential, but also commercial and in ag properties as well. So um, Watson, where I'm actually originally from. And so, you know, it's very heavy uh, agriculture, strawberries, apples. Um, so he represents, you know, clients in various, you know, different parts of real estate. Um, but before that he was actually a banker, you know, believe it or not for over five years. And, um, he actually lived in Bakersfield and decided to move back, back to Watsonville. So Jose Luis, why don't we start by telling me a little bit about your story? You know, tell me a little bit about, you know, you know, why were you a banker and then what made you get into real estate and then why go back to Watsonville? So that's, uh, you know, really good question. And I always get the same question asked, mm-hmm. you know, why, if you were working at Wells Fargo, you know, why you decided to go into real estate? Uh, one of the reasons when working in real estate in, uh, I'm sorry, at the bank, I realized that a lot of the clients were coming in. This is back, you know, before the, 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 the market took a, a dump, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the clients were coming in to get, you know, checks. They were in the process of buying a property. And what I, I noticed, that, or I, I, I can actually feel the clients uh, having a lot of doubts, you know, a lot of questions. They, uh, a lot of the people came into the bank. They were excited to buy a house. But then at the same time, they will always ask me questions about, you know, real estate related. Mm. Uh, and, and that kind of made me, you know, started thinking, of, you know, why don't I go into real estate? It, it's, it looks like. It seems and it, it feels like all the, you know these people they're not really getting the information uh, that they need. I mean they're they're buying you know used to tell people you're buying a you know five hundred thousand dollar home and I mean you don't really know I mean what you're, you're signing you right. know, pretty much that's what a lot of people always you know told me they're like hey you know I'm buying a house but I kind of feel like I'm you know I don't know what to do I mean mm-hmm. I, some of the stuff I don't understand and. And that kind of made me think about it a little bit. And that was kind of like, you know, my, the reason why I decided to go from, from the bank, from the banking industry to, to real estate. Interesting. And uh, so you saw a need, right? Because you basically felt like there was, um, you know, a gap between you know, people not knowing, you know, what they're getting their, themselves into, right? And you kind of felt like, you know, maybe like a calling, like, hey, I, I can provide a service that is currently missing in the in the marketplace which is you know and you know a basically an education gap between like you know and it's interesting because when most people especially like in our in our hometown Watsonville right um most people is hispanic and right. when it comes to paperwork it's like gibberish like they have absolutely no idea like all they know is what is my monthly payment right right 
and and that's that's pretty much it. And there's no, they don't know how much they're paying in loan fees. Hopefully, they know what interest rate they're paying. Right. Uh, but there, it's very, very, you know, um, they they just don't really know. And so it's great that you saw that as an opportunity. So um, obviously, when you're a banker, you know, you, you kind of have a fixed income. But then you went to basically 1099. So you know, were you just like, hey, I don't, you know, were you scared at all, or you just like, you just the need was called, you know, big enough. The the not only that, but it was. Um you know, working at the bank and, 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 you know, usually at the bank, it's a nine to five job, you know, you close shop and you go home and then you kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, yeah. I mean, a lot of the people that I, that I was working with, they told me, Hey, you know, this is not the right time. You know, you're crazy. Uh, it, it's, it's a tough time. You know, why would you go from a, a paycheck to a 1099? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, don't do it. A lot of people did Tell me, you know, don't do it. Even my manager, my manager told me, you know, don't do it at the beginning working at Wells Fargo. But then later he was like, hey, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, I'll support you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also the need, you know, these people coming in and not really knowing what they were doing. And and like you mentioned, you know, especially in, in our community, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they they sometimes, you know, they just want to know what their monthly payment is. And that's it. And mm-hmm. then there's more to it than just that. Right. So that need made me jump into the into the business. And like, you know, like everything, like anything else, right? If it's something new, you know, you don't really know what you're getting into mm-hmm. uh, at first. And at the time, you know, I didn't have a family, so it's a little bit different. Mm. You kind of take a little more risk when, right. you know, it's different. Having kids, you know, maybe keeps you from taking, uh, you know, projects. That, right. And so I, I just kind of did it. You know, I saw the need and I uh went to take my test and i passed the first time and i was like you know this is it and i didn't really look back it was a little bit of uh people ask me all the time what is there something that you like that you really like about real estate what i really like about real estate is that you don't have a schedule Mm -hmm. but then but then i don't like the fact that you don't have a schedule right because (laughs) you can be working you know long hours or you can take you know time to to take your kids to school or maybe take a break or maybe do other things Mm -hmm. um but yeah, at the beginning, it was a little, uh, you know, certain, I didn't know what it, what it was going to be like, mm-hmm. uh, if I was going to be able to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the big concern. Uh, luckily, I mean, I was able to close a deal in the first three months. And I know that usually in real estate, you know, people can take up to a year to close a deal. And right. that's what, you know, sometimes keeps a lot of people from, from doing it, right? you know, from, from getting into real estate. Right. So this was back in was it 07 when you uh, did? 2006 2006 okay when so I started. okay so 2006 I think the the market was like still hot and then it was in a couple maybe a couple years later when it crashed right. so did you uh like cash in on that that hot market and just you know close deals left and right you know at the beginning when I started what I what the re- the way I was able to uh build my clientele was a lot of the people were actually doing short sales at the time. Mm. And, you know, maybe we can have another podcast that covers all of, you know, short sales. Right. Um, But a lot of people didn't know what to do with their properties. And it was at at a time when the market was kind of cooling off. Um, Mm. It wasn't as, as, you know, as crazy. Okay. And so a lot of people started coming uh, to me and Mm. they they started talking about maybe, you know, getting out of their properties that mm. you know they they didn't know what to do 
one of the advantages, and, and, and this really helped me build my clientele, I was able to help a lot of these people that, uh, you know, that were in need, that needed help. Um, and that's how I was able to build my clientele. I helped them. Uh, even, you know, the realtors that will call me and they will say, you know what? I don't want to deal with paperwork. I don't want to deal with the short sale. Here's my, you know, they just give me their clients. Mm. And, and I think that that really helped a lot because helping them during, uh, uh, you know, when people were going to a, a bad time, right. they really came back to me and, and, and they purchased a property again. I mean, years later. Oh, wow. And, and that's how I was able to build my clientele because nobody, I, I wasn't really, I didn't really sell too many homes at the beginning because mm -hmm. again, every, everything was kind of cooling off. I remember, you know, asking people, Hey, are you interested? You want to buy a house? Cause that's the first thing you do, right? Mm -hmm. You talk to your, your, your family, your friends, you, you let them know what you're doing. Right. Um, and a lot of the people, you know, they're, you know, they, 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 they told me, no, they're like, no, you know, properties aren't going to be worth, you know, a hundred thousand, 50,000. So I'm not interested. Mm. And, you know, I, I just kept pushing and, and, and I kept doing short sales and, mm. you know, I was lucky to, uh, be able to provide, you know, good customer service. They like how I worked and I learned a lot because nobody else was gonna, they didn't want to do it. Right. Um, uh, nobody wanted to take uh, on the work and the time and I did. And that's part of, you know, my su success now, you know. Nice. So you, you basically found a, uh, a niche. I did. And it was like short sales. And for those that don't know what short sales are, it basically means you're underwater where the value of the, of the home is less than what you owe on your house. Correct. So you owe more money and your house isn't worth as much as what you paid for it. So you found a niche and, you know, it's understandable that you, you probably didn't have much competition because right. the amount of paperwork that goes involved into a short sale, it's like, it almost seems, you know, intimidating, but for you with being, you know, having banking experience, you're like, Hey, paperwork, I'm all for it. Yes. And so, and then obviously you're good customer service. You started getting referrals, you know, and then you kind of grew your business that way. So now take me through, you know, cause at the time, you know, I was uh, working for my mom, um, you know, at the escrow company and I was, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old. I had uh, really no, I had some work experience, but it was like at longs drugs cvs literally just like you know i was not you know taking work seriously and this was the first time i actually had to take it you know seriously and i would see you and i would see um uh, you know other realtors that worked in the office and i kind of looked up to you guys like wow man maybe one day i can be like them and i remember getting my real estate license um around that time but then the housing crashed uh, a couple years later and so I had to make the decision to actually decide what I wanted to do, decided to become a CPA, moved to Bakersfield from Watsonville, and I became an accountant. But, you know, you you stuck through it. You know, you've, you've been in the real estate industry now for over 16 years. Right. So take me through that time, because for me, as a young kid, not knowing what I know now, I should have, like, bought a bunch of properties during that time. And I would have become a millionaire at the age of 19 <laughs> years old, but you know, I didn't have the, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the experience. So take me through that time. Like go back into that time. What, were you affected by it all? Or did you actually take that as an opportunity because of your short sales? I did. I actually took that as an opportunity and you said it right. I mean, I found a niche where, you know, nobody really, and, and, and let's, you know, if we go back a few years prior, you know, that's when, uh, you know, people bought their homes, right? So they came to me as a way of, you know, help me. I need help. What do I do? 
Um, a lot of these clients were not really my clients. I mean, they just came from other people and, and people referring them to me. So I, I think that that's, uh, um, you know, to me, like you mentioned, you know, coming from the bank, I wasn't really afraid of the paperwork. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember uh, when I started doing uh, short sales, I called the bank and I called uh, uh, one of the big banks, right? And I'm all, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of doing a short sale, short sale. What do I need to do? And I remember calling, you know, I mean, three or four people because nobody knew what a short sale was. Wow. So I think that I came in at the right time. You know, obviously for some people it was not a good, I mean, a good time. Right. For me it was because I was able to take on all these families and all these people that were, you know, underwater mm -hmm. and, and they trusted me. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, that's how I was able to build my clientele because I helped them in a time of need mm -hmm. and they remember that and they came back to me. And, uh, I mean, to me, it wasn't really hard, uh, at all. I mean, I remember one year doing, you know, over 30 short sales. So that was, that was big, mm -hmm. um, for somebody that was starting in the business wow. and somebody that was, um, you know, especially with the short sales and, and how the, the the market was at the time. And obviously people didn't really uh, want to do anything. You know, they didn't want to purchase a property. They didn't they didn't trust people. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say that. And so what the time the time was just right. And it was and it's one of those things that I mean, you don't really know until until you actually tried it. So right. me looking back, it's you know, it was it was for me it worked out for me it was the perfect time because obviously i've been doing it for 16 years so a lot of those people are you know they're still coming back you know they're still referring people and i think that that's huge right for me for, me, for my business yeah 100 referrals i think are super important and if you provide a good client experience you know it's just a compound effect of you know people referring it's like before you know you don't even need marketing because right you just there's so many referrals coming in where it's like marketing is just cream on the crop or cream on the cream on the top. Um, but what I what I think is interesting, uh, Jose, is that like for me, the first time I had to prepare a tax return, I was intimidated because I was like, oh, my goodness, look at all these forms. And I and I'm a you know, I'm a very, you know, my mom, she's very, you know, um, and that she's an escrow officer. So paperwork for me was like a passion as well. Right. But it was still intimidating because I was like, I don't know what a 1040 is. What's a Schedule C, Schedule A, Schedule B? This was all foreign stuff for me. So I could imagine, you know, being in your position, moving from banking to real estate and now having to learn short sales. Did you do short sales as a lender and was it easy or did you have a mentor that showed you, okay, this is how you do the paperwork? No, I mean, on some of the forms where I was familiar with because working at the bank, you know, and doing... Uh, um equity lines and doing loans some of the forms were similar uh but i kind of just took it upon myself and just you know i i learned on my own really uh, yeah I, I would call the bank and uh, like i was mentioning earlier you know we'll call the bank and ask for uh, you know forms to do a short sale and they didn't even know what a short sale was wow. i remember calling one of the big banks and uh, you know, I'm, I want to do a short sale. What do I need? And they're like, oops, uh, let me transfer you to somebody. So I finally, one day I got transferred like five times and I waited probably oh over an hour Wow! just to get to the right person. So finally, <laughs> when I got to the right person and they tell me, oh yeah, you, you're with the right person, you know, here's what you need. What I really, what I did was I actually, um, 
all the forms that I was using, I kept them. Like mm. I, I did a lot of, you know, I, I put a file, a separate file for short sales. Mm. And I, what I discovered is that every bank was using different forms. So I was like, oh shoot. So what I did is I, I did um, one file for every bank. Mm. And I think that that's what helped me a lot. Like uh, if I, if somebody will come in and say, Hey, you know, I have a, uh, uh my, my loans with X bank, right? Right. I would already have a file ready and I knew what they were asking for. Nice. So for me, it was already easier. I would just pull up, pull up the forms, tell them what they need. Cause I, I got a list from the bank mm-hmm. and people were, you know, they're just, and, and also, you know, a lot of the clients responded really well. Like they were ready. Like they, they knew that they needed to do something and they needed help. So a lot of them were, you know, some of them didn't really know what to do. Some of them didn't really know, you know, the paperwork. But mm-hmm. again, I was there. I, you know, some people I will spend a couple hours with, you know, just getting everything ready. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's how I was able to, you know, help them. Nice. So you created basically a database of like, okay, here's all my files for every bank. Right. You know, now next time I get a client with that same bank, I can just pull out my files and boom, right away. You know, you created efficiencies in your systems and your Correct. operations because now it's not like, okay, what do I do again, right? Uh, but now I would imagine, it's funny that you even called the bank and the bank didn't even know what a short sale was. Right. Like, you're the one educating the one that actually needs to do the restructuring, right. which is hilarious. Um, but what I think is um, interesting, like, I'm not sure, I honestly don't remember if 2006, I would imagine that YouTube is barely starting, you know, it's probably, there's probably not even any information. If there is YouTube, there's probably nothing on there regarding short sales. Like now it's like, you could probably YouTube and you figure out how to do all the short sales by just YouTubing or using Google, right? Right. So technology has advanced a lot since then. So you, you basically figured out on your own. I did. And, and, and it's like, I mean, to me, a lot of people, and I can see why you didn't have much competition. Like, it seems like it almost would be overwhelming. And it's almost like, to me, like, especially when you're trying to close a lot of deals quickly, it almost seems like a waste of time. Because you're like, oh, I got to close the next deal. I got to close, especially, you know, uh, with everything that's happening in the market. But you as a client service first, you're like, I'm going to take the time. I'm going to spend an hour you know, waiting just to talk to the right person. Then you still spend another hour to educate the client on how you can help them. You didn't really rush like some, you know, some people, like I could imagine myself being there, like, oh, okay, I'm not going to learn this. It's, it's too slow. So how do you have, is, are you just naturally patient or, or how did you like say, you know what, I want to learn this. There, there is, uh, you know, uh, there's always my, my wife's always telling me that I'm, you know, patient for some things but then for others i don't have the same patience <laughs> <laughs> but i think that it was that uh, it was something that i needed that i wanted to learn because again the need right mm. i mean i started to get all these calls you know hey people are underwater they need they need uh you know they need help and so uh, you know i just kind of i i did it you know mm. I, I i was very patient like i said you know my first call it was it was just getting to the right people, waiting over an hour just to get an answer. And finally, when I got it, you know, I was like, hey, I don't need to be. And I got the I got the right numbers, too. Mm. Right. Because you will call the one. All right. Number and they had no idea they will transfer you back and forth. And finally, what the bank started doing was they dedicated a, um, a special, you know, um, uh, section mm-hmm. for for the short sales right so you will call the litigation the uh, special department for that right so I, I i became very familiar i got you know got my system in place i was very patient because again i, I guess the need 
right? Right. Going back to the clients, the need. And I just wanted to provide, uh, you know, good customer service, which is always what I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm always been, you know, about customer mm-hmm. service. I mean, we, we even working at the bank, I mean, there, there was, you know, my clients will wait for me an hour, an hour and a half. Wow. And I will tell them, you know what? You don't need to wait for me. It's okay. Somebody else can take care of you. They'll take care of you mm-hmm. just the same way, you know, as me. And there will be like, no, I'll wait for Jose. I'll wait for Jose. I, I mean, I used to have, you know, a line of people waiting and, wow. and I just, it just, you know, it just happened that way. Right. You know I mean? I, and I will take my time. And obviously when you're at the bank, it's a, it's a fast paced, you know, job. You, you can't really take your time, but right. people were willing to wait. And so that kind of, you know, makes you feel good and right. you want to help, you know, everybody, but sometimes, you know, you, you can't do it. So I think that that, you know, being patient and, 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 and delivering a good customer service to me, it has been key. Yeah. I think that's important. Now I have a question regarding that because like, that's kind of the same thing that's happened actually in my career as a CPA. Like in the beginning, you know, I started as a solo tax practitioner. So I did everything. I was, you know, I answered the phones. I was the janitor. I did the tax <laughs> returns. Right. But as I started growing, I had to start to use my, you know, hire team members. So I started hiring my, I hired my first secretary. Then I hired, you know, my first tax uh, assistant, a tax intern. Now I have, you know, departments, right? Kind of like you had departments for your, your banks. I have, you know, my tax department. I have my accounting department. I have my marketing department, my sales department. And so now, but I still have clients that signed up with me six years ago when I started my firm and they're like, I need to meet with Joel and they don't want to, I'm like, can you, it's like, you're going to have to wait a month to see me. Why don't you just talk to my team? They're going to do exactly the same service. Cause I've taught them everything that I know. And they're like, no, I want to talk to you, Joel. I'll wait a month. And I, and I, and, and I, and you know, again, it comes to that customer service experience, but I personally get a little bit frustrated because I'm like, you don't have to wait for me. Right. So, so how do you respond to clients that are like, you know, that they're like, no, I, I want Jose. I want Jose. Like, do you, do you actually um, soak it in or do you get frustrated like I do? Now with, with the real estate business? Yeah, just, yeah, the real estate business or just your career in general. Well, now it's a little bit different. So now with the real estate, you kind of, yeah, there's times when or days when, you know, you just got really busy and you didn't get you know the phone call you, you didn't call the client mm. back and um but there's still you know there's still and i do i get frustrated in the way not in a bad way mm-hmm. in the way that i obviously i want to i want to help everybody right and mm-hmm. i want to be able to provide a good customer service because that's that's what i'm about right you know, just good customer service and sometimes you know the day only has 24 hours and you know there's not enough uh there's not enough time and I get frustrated and sometimes I just, what I do is I just try to, you know, the next morning, you know, try to pick up the mm. slack and cause I don't really have um, a secretary. I mean, right mm-hmm. now I'm pretty much doing, doing everything. Right. You know, it, it, with, with the, with the difference that now we have uh, uh, transaction coordinators who take care of our paperwork and that mm. kind of takes a lot of the, you know, work off our backs so that you can concentrate on, you know, calling the client back, taking care of them, uh, but, you know, it's still the same. I mean, people do wait and people, hey, you know, I can't, I won't be able to show you properties today, but we can do a Saturday. And it's like, yeah, no problem. You know, let's wait until Saturday. So right. it is a good feeling. And I'm sure you feel the same way, you know, right. a good feeling where people want to wait for you. Um, but the frustration is not being, or at least to me, for me, is 
not being able to help that client because obviously right. if you don't pro if you don't help that client you know eventually they're gonna go somewhere else right and, and that's what we are trying to avoid correct right yeah and that makes sense and then it's like sometimes you're like oh i forgot to call, call the client right because there's just so much work and it's like even as as organized as we can be sometimes right. it's just overwhelming like even for us as tax season we would uh sign clients up and then it's like Normally, our processing time is about a week to a week and a half to finish a return. But now it was taking us about three weeks. And it was not because and the frustration was like the fact that we were not providing that same client experience that clients are used to. Right. right? And so like you want to provide a good customer experience. But now it's kind of like not providing that service because you're just too busy. And, and but you, the next day you said, you know, you wake up and you, you make that a priority. And even until this day, you kind of do that. Um, so how do you like for you, like you said, if you if if they wait too long, it's possible that they could go to the competition. Right. So is it just the customer service experience that says you, they're willing to wait that much? Or how do you, you know, prevent them going somewhere else? I think the the key too that I, I I've learned, you know, throughout the years is, you know, people really if they like you they're going to they're going to buy from you or they're going to use your services. And I think that aside from the yes, the good customer service, I think that there is probably something that they that they like about you. You know, there's right. just and I always tell people, "Hey, and and I'm sure it happens to you and I'm sure it happens to a lot of people in the business and different businesses. There's people that you click with, you know, clients, and there's people that come and talk to you and sometimes, you know, you want to do as much as you can and treat them nice and give them good customer service. And it just doesn't work out. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure it has happened to a lot of us yep. and, and in different businesses. I mean, I've had it where, you know, I help people, I show them properties. I'm, I, I, I really devote time, you know, for them. And then, you know, they ended up with somebody else and it has happened to me mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure to a lot of us. Right. And, and, and the majority of the time is not really the service. So it's not really me because one of the things and in kind of going back to answering your question, I always like to be upfront. You know, if somebody else, you know, if, if my clients go with somebody else, I call them and I tell them, give me the reason. And that's all I ask. I don't want you to, mm. I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like you got to go back to me so I can help you because of what happened. But just, you know, Tell me, is there something that I that you didn't like about me? I mean, is it something that I said or, or something that I maybe I, I did something that you didn't like? Mm -hmm. And the, and the majority of the time is you know, hey, I, I got referred to a family friend or you know, I, I I got a call from so and so, somebody that I knew from high school or maybe you know somebody uh, in the family, mm -hmm. and and you know that kind of gives you a peace of mind and it doesn't it, it makes you you know you you feel better because right. it's not it's not really you. Uh, it might have been other circumstances that, you know, made this client, you know, go with somebody else. Uh, but I really like to call my clients and ask them the question because I want to make sure that, you know, I, I get better, you know, right. as I go. It may be something that I did. Maybe it's something that I that I say that they didn't like. I want to change that. Right. Now, I think that you hit a key point where people do business with people that they like. They like. Right. They do business with people that they trust. And so... They're not going to go any, somewhere else because they, you already built that bond, right? You already built that. It's almost like there's glue. And it's like you're not going to break that relationship unless there's something that happened, right, which you don't know, right, until you call them or contact them. 
And it's like that in, in any relationship, even marriage, right? If you have a strong relationship, you could spend, a, you know, go on vacation and have trust that your wife, your spouse, husband is going to be loyal to you because they have that, you have that strong relationship. Right. And I think when it's the same thing with clients, if you have that strong relationship, you don't have to worry about them going to the competition because you have such a strong connection and they're like, this is my CPA or your, this is my realtor, right. no matter what. I'm not going anywhere else because I don't trust anybody else but, but you. And I think that's super important. Because, and that's probably like the biggest fulfillment that you can get when you have, when you, someone trusts you that much, where they're trusting you with their money, trusting you with their, their life savings, their, just their decisions, you know, because they're relying on you. Hey, what do you recommend? Right. And, and you have to guide them and they trust you enough to get, you know, guide them in the right direction. And, and, uh, and just to add to that, I really like to take my time going back to, I, I, you know, we talk about, you know, the times and, you know, how long we spend with clients. I really like to take the, the time because I think it's important, you know, once they make the decision, I mean, this is, you know, they're making one of the biggest decisions in, in their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to take my time and explain as much as I can mm -hmm. and then let them decide. And once they say, you know, it's a go, you know, let's just do it. We get it done. And that way I don't feel like, you know, they're going to come back later and say, hey, well, you know, I didn't know this or you didn't. Mm. I, I like to make sure that I'm that they learn and they know the process. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah, because if you don't take the time, right, to to explain to them or take the time to establish that relationship, they're, they're going to feel that. Right. It's like, hey, I, I just feel rushed. He just wants to make money That's as it. opposed to he cares about my decision and i always tell the clients right i mean yes we don't we don't uh, and and it might sound like a broken record right we we make my you know we, we don't work for free right you know we're in the business yeah we get paid i mean I, I get paid just like like anybody else you know doing their job um yes we do get paid uh but that's not the main point here right i want to make sure that you understand because Again, 16 years in the business and getting all these referrals from past clients, you know, there's, there's, uh, um, that's, you know, the money will come later. Mm -hmm. We don't work for free. I tell my clients, hey, I don't work for free. I do get paid. I have a family to, to take care of and, and I don't work for free, but that's not, let, let's, let's just make sure that you understand, you know, the process and let's make sure that you feel comfortable. And then let's worry about, you know, our, our paycheck later. I mean, there's times and deals that, you know, we really don't make money. Right. You know, we help people. I felt I've had I had a client. She was looking for a house for two years. Mm -hmm. So if you factor in, you know, what my <laughs> paycheck was, you know, right. divided into, you know, uh, over 700 days that I kind of I mean, not, it was an every day that I was with her. But yeah. You know, a, a period of two years. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, if you factor that, that in, I mean, it's, it's you know, the numbers, they're not going to make any sense because. Right. You know, it's, it's very little money right. uh, for two years of, 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 of work, of work. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because there's almost like an inverse relationship between money and relationships. For example, you know, if, if, uh, if there's a, an argument between a husband and a wife, you know, one of the main reasons for divorce is finances, right? right. So it's almost like, okay, is this argument about finances worth breaking this relationship? Right. Because am I because I'm arguing about my wife. Don't spend this much money or you're spending too much money or I can't believe you're doing this. And it turns into an argument. But what's more important, the relationship or the or the, or money. the money? 
and you and there's an inverse relationship it's like i write i care more about the relationship than i do the money like in your case it took two years for them to buy a house like, you probably lost money on that deal the amount of showings you had to do the number of phone calls you had to do the number it's like and then the com- and then the commission sometimes you're expecting a certain commission percentage and ends up being less than that i was like oh my goodness i completely lost money on this yes. i spent I spent two years and so I've, I've had to learn that the hard way because I've lost certain relationships because of money. And, and looking back, um, you know, it's like, okay, well, what was more important? And sometimes the money is more important, you know, because it's like you don't value the relationship that much and, and you kind of would like to go separate, your own separate ways. But sometimes the relationship is more important. And it seems like for you, you always have relationship first. Right. So how do you, because for an entrepreneur, our goal is to make money. Right. You know, so how do you say, you know, you said the money comes second, which I 100% agree with. But as an entrepreneur, it's there's like, I got to make money. So how do you stay focused on relationship first? So what I do is I just take care of my clients. Like I was just telling you, right? Like, for example, this client that it took me two years to help her, right? Every time I call her and every time, uh, you know, we see each other, I mean, you know, she's happy she because she did obviously she bought at a different market right she she got a good deal on her property but she was patient and i was patient and i waited two years well now you see the now um i i probably have uh, you know helped uh you know at least four or five people in her family Mm -hmm. so i mean Mm. i wasn't i I didn't make money on the first deal which Mm. was with her maybe because i spent all this time but now, you know, I mean, later, uh, you know, I, I've helped many, you know, family members. Right. So now I see the, 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 uh, now I, that's how I made the money. Right. Later. Right. You saw you got the return on investment, not from that first relationship, Correct. but from all the other relationships that yes. came after the fact. Right. And it's interesting because it's the same thing with marketing. Like I, I spent a whole bunch of money on ads on Facebook and social media and for me, I think about it the same way. Like I'm willing to break even or even lose money to get a client because I know if I provide a good customer experience, they're going to refer me five customers. And now I made money from that first client that I actually lost money on. And so just like it is with relationships, it's almost the same thing with ad spend. Like I'm willing to lose money and I, to, to, to build one relationship through that advertisement because if I provide a great client experience, like you said, it's going to turn into four or five more relationships and then it ends up being a profitable. I think uh, actually there was a, a story about um, proactive, the acne uh, medicine. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, in school, I remember, I don't know if it was in school, maybe YouTube, probably YouTube because I didn't really learn much in school. so um and proactive it says they're willing to lose i think they give away like their 30-day free trial and they give you give for you for free just cover the shipping and so they lose like 60 to 70 dollars for every client that they acquire right and why are they willing to lose that much money because they know that long term they're going to get that person on a monthly subscription. They're going to end up liking it and then they're going to refer their friends and now they're using it. And it's like, we ended up making money. So it's almost like the person who is willing to focus on the relationship first is the one who wins as opposed to the, the one who's like trying to make that dollar. Cause that other, somebody else might not be willing to spend 
that ad spend because, oh, I lost money. And then they turn off their ads where I kept them going because now I'm seeing the, the kind of the long-term effects. And you kind of play the long-term game versus a short-term game. Right. And, but it almost seems like it's natural for you. Uh, and, and also one of the things, too, that I, I really, when I left the bank, I kind of, I had a feeling that it was going to be for the long term. Mm. I, I didn't really, you know, so, and even my manager said, hey, when you're ready to come back, you know, you have your job here. I mean, you mm. want to work here or you want, because I worked, you know, Watsonville, Santa Cruz, everywhere. Mm -hmm. I was everywhere. And he said, you know, when you're ready, if, if, if things don't work out, you know, uh, come back and obviously you have a little bit of a feeling that you know if it doesn't work out then what then now what right, right? but my but I, I was always um uh you know thinking positive and 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 i didn't really uh look back after i left uh, you know i started little by little and and with the myself you know here and there because again going back to the first year you know you don't really i mean most people you know, it takes them a year to close a deal. Like, right. you, know, you know, the people in the office really helped me and I was able to close my first deal, you know, three, three months into the, uh, uh, the new, my new career real estate. And, nice. and I just kind of stay and I said, you know what, I, I mean, it is not going to be easy, but I better, you know, I better, I better push and, you know, right. here I am 16 years later. So nice. So yeah. walk me through, okay. The, the crash hits now, you know, are you still doing short sales 16 years later? You stayed in, sh in short sales or I, how I did have, you pivot? I haven't, I haven't done a short sale in, I mean, many years. I mean, I did short sales probably, uh, all together. I'm going to say four years. Okay. Um, you know, maybe from 2006 to maybe 2000, there was a very few that were coming into the office. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, what I did is after that, I started, you know, obviously, what I would do too is I will tell, you know, everybody, Hey, I'm in real estate. Here's my car. If you need, if you have any questions, you know, call me. And, and with real estate, you know, it's, it's like when you're, when you, it's, it, you're self-employed every morning you wake up and you're unemployed. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta keep going. So the way I did it was, you know, tell everybody, tell my clients, I will go to the store and start talking to people. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and one of the things that, that, that happened was all the people that I helped with, with uh, short sales, um, there was a time that they, that they, because they did a short sale, right? They mm -hmm. didn't pay the bank, the money that they owed. So it obviously it goes on your credit and you got to wait. Um, things have started to change, right? Before it was like, you got to wait five, six years. Uh, now the banks were willing to give you a loan after two to three years. So the same people that I helped do a short sale started to come back to mm. buy a house. Mm. Right? right. So, so that kind of kept the, the momentum and, and this was, uh, you know, repeat clients that kept coming back to me. So, and, 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 you know, obviously there was a little bit of a time where, you know, it was tough because there wasn't not too many deals going on. So you kind of struggled to get them. And then we started seeing a lot of uh, bank home properties that started coming into the market uh, and a lot of investors. So that's how, you know, a lot of the agents were able to survive through, through the crisis. Right. I mean, right. After the short sales, then the bank on properties, then the market, you know, kind of stabilized a little bit or, or you know, it, it got better. Right. And most of these people came back and started buying, you know, again mm -hmm. with me. Um, and some people started listing their homes. So I wasn't really doing too too much marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was very, very minimal. Wow. It was it was, it was nothing. Wow. I mean, really. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you, you basically built a portfolio of relationships, like just so many relationships where like, regardless of the market, it's like, you're going to have business because you just pivot maybe to now, okay, now there's more bank owned properties. Right. Now the market stabilized. Now it's a seller's market, a buyer's market, but because of my relationships, I don't have to worry about the, the highs and the lows. And, 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 and what happened was once you started seeing all these bank owned properties, uh, then you obviously you get these clients, Hey, you know, I have some money that I, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm not getting a, a big return at the bank. So if you get a, if you see a deal, you know, call me and then maybe we can buy a property here and there. And that's what, you know, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I started, I started getting calls from clients that had some money in the bank and they didn't know what to do with it. So they call me and they're like, Hey, if, there, if you see a good deal, you know, call me. Uh, I want to invest in real estate. So that's what I did mm. with all the bank on properties, better pricing, obviously. I mean, uh, uh, the, the prices, you know, came down. I was able to sell, you know, I have, I have um, uh, a couple of investors, you know, they purchased, you know, five, six properties, you know, back 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and again, now we're going through another cycle where, you know, they're, they, they know that the, pr the prices have gone up, you know, a lot. So now they're ready to, sell those same clients mm. so that's that's the kind of um clientele the relationships that you built in real estate obviously going back to if you do it right mm -hmm. you know if you provide a good customer service you get a client for life right I mean, uh, yeah i mean the think about the lifetime value of the client for jose oh, oh. my goodness <laughs> uh, sometimes in the beginning I met my lifetime value was like one year like, <laughs> clients wouldn't come back and it's like you know i kind of connected the dots as to why so i mean for you it you know it almost seems like you always have that in mind and, and it's been the reason that you've been able to prosper regardless of the market right. which is awesome so take me to you know now the pandemic obviously prices rose but that's when you started maybe clients started listing their properties but did, it, did the pandemic change your business at all uh you know i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna tell you the actually when the the pandemic started the first year it was actually my uh, one of my best years in real estate wow yeah wow so what happened you know a lot of people stay home you mm -hmm. know they were working out of their home so what started happening is a lot of people were looking for a property to not so much commute anymore. Mm. They wanted a property, maybe a bigger house where they can have an office and yeah, still three bedrooms and then a little office so that they can stay home and work. Mm. And that's what I, what uh, I started to see, right? A lot of people calling and oh, I want to buy a house because I don't want to commute anymore. My job, you know, I can work from home. And so I want to be able to enjoy my house more now than ever because we're going through the pandemic. And, and the first year actually was uh, my, one of my best years in real estate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so as, as I could just imagine the compound effect of all these relationships that you keep building right. and building. It's just like your your database of relationships is just at this point of your career. It's like you're just going to continue to get get busier. And so what I think is interesting, though, is like you even you, you have a TC, but it's still just you. It's still me. How do you yeah. how do you handle the capacity of, you know, since your Rolodex of clients has just increased over the years, how do you handle the, the amount of volume? So so the, the way I, I do it, and again, you always want to keep a relationship. So I, I've heard from a lot of people, you know, oh, you know, I bought my house and then the real estate kind of, the real estate agent kind of disappear, right? I mean, uh, MIA, right? right? I mean, I had a question and, and he didn't answer my, and I'm not saying everybody's like that, right? I mean, not all real realtors are like that. 
Some people might want to keep a, a longer relationship. Some people, I don't know, maybe they do something different. Maybe they're doing, uh, they go from residential to commercial. Mm -hmm. So whatever the case might be. I mean, my clients will call me and, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I was there, you mm -hmm. know, for them. So that's how I kind of keep it going. And uh, some of my clients, you know, became my friends. I mean, they called me and they're like, hey, you know, I'm going to have a birthday party this weekend. I think it's important mm -hmm. that you attend because they actually, you know, put a, a face to the name. And then mm -hmm. the first thing they're going to say is, hey, you know, Jose is the one that uh, helped me um, uh, buy my house. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's another way of, you know, getting more business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I, you know, sometimes I'll tell my wife, hey, you know, so-and-so invited me to, invited us to the, to a party. And she's like, oh, you know, like, is it, I mean, do you, don't you feel uncomfortable? I mean, you know, just because it's right. a client. And I'm like, well, I mean, uh, not really. I mean, because I'm more of a social person. Right. So to me, I mean, if I, you know, if I'm eating some tacos and listening <laughs> to, to Banda, I mean, yeah. to me, you know, that's music to my ears. Sounds so, like fun. You know, sounds like fun. And then at the same time, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I talk to people, I build that, that relationship. And I mean, I'm sure that's how I've been able to get clients too. I mean, right. you know, I go to family gatherings and, and I'm able to, you know, pick a client here and there. Right. And, and. Right. We do it. We all do it different. Right. And that's right. what has worked for me. Nice. Yeah. So just networking and always, you know, taking that extra step, you know, somebody might not be willing to go to that birthday party, but you're willing to, you right. know, go out there and just right. build more relationships. And obviously, you know, you're going to go there to, you know, make a presence. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm not really a drinker. So, you know, I mean, I don't go to the parties to get drunk. I mean, right. You, that wouldn't be a good uh, image for people <laughs> that want to buy a house. Right. Right. Um, I go and I have fun and I, you know, talk to people and, 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 you know, I make a presence. And I think that that's uh, huge for a lot of the, especially with, with the Latino Hispanic community. I mean, 90% mm -hmm. of my clients, I mean, more than 90% are, you know, uh, Spanish speakers, you know, mm -hmm. Latino. Um, and so to them, you know, they always take it as an insult if you don't show up, right? <laughs> I mean, if they take the time to even send you an invitation right. and you don't show up, it's like, you know, what's going on? I mean, uh, the, what, what's what's the problem? I mean, it's just a party, <laughs> right? And they take it to the heart. So I think that right. I've been able to 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 get in there that way, mm -hmm. right? Oh, I, I got invited to uh, to a party. Well, let's let's just go maybe a couple hours, maybe go up for an hour and mm -hmm. and 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 socialize. And, you know, I'm out of here and and they'll remember that. Right. You know, I, that's one of the things that I. I, I they'll remember sometimes they'll send me a text say thank you for attending and mm -hmm. and I've been you know graduation birthday parties weddings and and I'm that kind of guy I know that there's probably agents that don't really uh, like to mix mm -hmm. you know the the professional side with the personal I mean I I don't really have a problem myself mm -hmm. because again I see it as a business opportunity uh, and some people might look at it different right. Yeah, I love it. Now, one of the things I thought was interesting is that because all I'm hearing from you, Jose, is like you're just a, a loving man, you know, uh, super patient. But you said your wife says some things you're impatient for. Right. So what are you, I mean, I don't see any of you being impatient for anything. <laughs> she, she's probably going to, when she hears this, she's going to be like, hey, you know, I mean, you were probably, uh, you know, sometimes, and it obviously is a different thing when you're dealing with, you know, the, the daily routine of a family, right? Right. Um, I am very patient with my clients. And sometimes, I mean, and, uh, and she understands. And, and obviously, uh, you know, the reason why I'm able to do all this and, and the reason why I've been so successful is, you know, because of her. I mean, she's, 
pretty much there all the time and she's always supporting me and and you know she's she's my rock i mean she right. thanks to her i mean i'm able to do all of this i mean you know she takes care of the kids while i drive to bakersfield to you know to do a podcast I right mean, not not everybody is willing to do that right i, I don't think and so you know it, it's 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 great i mean it's 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 i'm very very um you know blessed yeah i think that support at home is super important right like for me when i started my tax business you know my wife was the one that was actually paying the bills because I didn't have any income. Right. And then um, we had our firstborn actually nine months after I had started my business. So she told me, you only have nine months to make your business work. So I put my gas to the pedal, right. try to get as many clients as possible. And uh, after that, you know, thankfully I was making enough income to at least put food on the table, a roof over my head. Right. But I, the, the thing that I'm very, very blessed is that she allowed me to focus 100% of my attention to my business and my yes. clients. Yes. If it wasn't, if I had to take care of the laundry, the grocery store and all the other stuff that come with life, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, same here, same. And, and in going back a little bit of, you know, uh, not being, having the patience, I think that sometimes it's really hard when you have a really long day and, and obviously you know, people get a little irritated while right? you go home and, and, and you want to relax. And, you know, I was hearing somebody, you know, saying, hey, when you go home, you know, that's your first job. I mean, mm. you know, that's, you know, you still have to take care of the kids and help out in, in the home. And I think that if you have a really rough, long day, mm-hmm. um, you know, you kind of, you probably it, it, later in the day, that's when you show it, right? That right. You're not as patient as, you know, maybe in the morning when you wake up. Right. And that's, and that's where she refers to, right? Like, gotcha. you know, you come probably come home and you're not as patient as, <laughs> as you were when you left this morning. So, you, you know what? It's, I can relate 100% to that. Cause the way I see it is we, we wake up in the morning with a hundred percent. Like it's like when you charge your, I charge my phone at night and it's a hundred percent charged. And then by the time you you're done for the day, you're probably like at 12%, like you got to charge. And it's like, and then your, your spouse is saying, Hey, it's time to charge up again. And you're like, I wanted to like put my feet up and relax. Like I'm so tired. I had to go through this, but it's like, they're actually, they're looking forward to you come home because there's like, I have, I'd had to deal with your kids for all this and they're looking for your support. And, and the last thing you want to do is do that, but we have to remember that they're there for us, and, right. and we have to like bounce back. And it's like somehow I'm gonna to have to get my batteries up and do it and do it. Yeah, and that's probably one of the hardest thing I think of an entrepreneur because you're right, you're just drained by the end of the day. Right. And 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 it's unless and you just have to find find the willpower to do it. And you know, with our business too, you know, more a lot of the people, you know, they 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 work with their hands or maybe their body, and they're you know they're exhausted, they're tired. Uh, I think that for us is a little, it's a little bit different, a, a different kind of uh, uh, being tired, right? right? It's more like mental. It's more like all these numbers, all these calls that we make throughout the day. They kind of drain your energy, and and it's not so much the physical. I don't think. Well, right. I mean, for me, and I'm right. sure you can relate to this. Not so much the physical. You know, you're not tired physically. Right. Um, uh, you're more. You know, your your brain is just. You know, you, you want to just relax and and yeah. and, and and take a uh, a break. And you know, sometimes, uh, you know, like I said, when you go home, that's that's your first job. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be ready. One hundred percent, yeah. But I think that's that's good to know because yeah, your your brain's just fried at that point, and it's a different kind of tired. It's not like you know you you had to work in the fields, but you right. you just had to deal with like you know maybe. 
upset clients or upset, maybe not at you, but about the situation that's going on and you're right. just trying to fix things and it, and you take responsibility for it. And so you just want to like get home and relax. And then it, it's like, your job's not over. Right. <laughs> right. So Jose, tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, what, what is in store for you? Like going forward, like you've been in the business for, for 16 years, but you know, you're still a young guy. I mean, you're still a young guy. I mean, you have a family, kids to take care of. So, like, what are you looking forward to going forward? So, it, in kind of in touching a little bit of, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, there was really no marketing. Uh, I wasn't doing too much marketing or, or, you know, I was just, you know, word of mouth, getting clients. Now, what I, and, and this is, I should have done it. You know, it's always the, I should have done it, mm -hmm. you know, two years prior. Um, what I've noticed is during the pandemic, you know, a lot of the people kind of took it, you know, a little bit of, you know, step up. Uh, they came up with new ideas. I mean, I, I used to watch, you know, realtors with their TikToks, you know, Instagram accounts. Um, you know, real estate has, has changed in many ways. There's a lot of information out there for people to look at, right? Sometimes the information that it's provided on the internet, it might not be 100%, you know, accurate, but people are looking online, people are looking at, you know, who's active, you know, who's doing maybe a TikTok. I mean, as simple as it sounds, I mean, there's, you know, the generations, you know, have changed. Mm -hmm. Now, now what I want to do for, you know, the, the, the future, uh, short term is obviously get more, you know, get my name out there, get, and, and eventually, you know, get my own office. That, nice. That's what I want to do. I want to get my name out there. I want to be able to be more involved in and in, um, social media because I really think that people want to put a, a face to the name mm -hmm. and you need to get yourself out there. I mean, you're not going to be able to do real estate in the future if you're si sitting on your desk, I mean, really working on paperwork. Right. I, I mean, the, the, that, that was 16 years ago when I started. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's time to move forward, you know, and, and do something different. And I think that going through the pandemic, I, I think that it, I started to think of, Hey, how am I going to do this? Uh, Cause I, 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 and I see it, right. There's a lot of new agents that are coming up and, and they're really taking it, you know, step ahead and, and you either, you're going to have to do it or you're going to get behind. And that's just the way it is. It's just like big companies, you know, in the right. past companies that have gone out of business. I mean, either you step it up or, uh, or you're going to have to, you know, do something different. And yeah. I think, and that's what I'm going, I'm, I, I want to be more, you know, obviously I want to cater more of uh, the newer generations. Mm -hmm. uh, There's still, you know, I think it's going to take some time. Uh, but even with, with the Latino community, I think that they're really getting into the social media. They're really getting more, uh, you know, into um, technology. So I think that that's going to be a big, big step for, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't keep up with the technology, I think that it's going to be, it's going to get harder for, for many agents. 100%. And I think what you said is that you have to pivot right to the, yeah. to the new times, to whatever's happening, whatever's trending. I mean, those come, like you said, companies that have gone out of business is because they did not pivot. Right. And I can think of so many different companies like Blockbuster, for example. Yes. I love Blockbuster as a kid, <laughs> but now it doesn't exist. Right. It's all Netflix, you know, it's all, you know, everything's stream. And if they would have pivoted to the new technology, they would have been around. So it's the same thing as a realtor or a CPA. Right. You have to pivot to whatever is trending. And I mean, that's awesome that you're taking advantage of the new technology like TikTok and social media and putting yourself out there. But I could just imagine with the relationships that you've built, it's just going to even double or triple yes. your business. Yes, because what I've seen now too is I, I've seen the, 
the younger generation, you know, they're, they're, they're maybe, you know, their parents are not really into uh, technology. And what I, what I'm getting to is a lot of calls from people. Hey, my dad, you know, or I saw your video or I saw your listing, you know, listing. My dad is interested, you know, we, we want to see it or, you know, when can we do this or that? And that's uh, like I said at the beginning, right? That's what you want to do. I mean, you want to keep the clients, uh, you know, engaged. And, and with the near generations, you know, you're not going to be, yes, I, I, there's still uh, a market for, you know, if you want to do it the old ways, you know, where you send maybe your business card in the mail. Yeah, I mean, there's still, I think the, you know, you don't really have to, reinvent the wheel there's still systems that work for the newer you know generations i think that you need to uh you know do a little bit of of everything if you will so to to stay you know in business yeah i think that's important and because like like you said it might your client might not be on that platform but the client's sons or their generation whatever you know that relationship is and then then you got you got the referral from the from the nephew or the you know the son so that's awesome um so if someone wants to get a hold of you jose like if if you're you know if anyone wants to buy a house or they want to maybe partner up with you and you know what, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you i mean they can always you know call me i mean i can i'm going to give you my number okay uh, if you will it, my number is 831-840-5677 and that you know we usually cover santa clara santa cruz monterey and San Benito counties those are the the main counties we're we're licensed uh throughout you know the state so we can help you you know in bakersfield right you know i have a couple of clients that are actually going to look invest in bakersfield pretty soon that are repeated clients nice uh so that's always nice and social media and they can always find me under uh marcus holmes uh instagram youtube and uh, uh tiktok and also facebook that's so. that's awesome and i think uh, if if you just uh, even want to just follow jose just because of his expertise. I mean, who who else can you hire with more than sixteen years of experience that's built so many relationships? And what you see on TikTok is just going to be a little taste of what you're going to get. So right. you'll be lucky. He gave away his phone number, so consider yourself lucky for all my listeners. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Jose, thanks again for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Any final words before we before we end the show? Uh, just you know, I just wanted to thank you for giving me the opportunity and going back to you know social media and how people are getting out there now. It's a different it's a different ball game. I, I mean, I got to tell you, you know, one of the reasons why I got engaged was because of your social media. Oh I mean, wow! Really, that's what grabbed my attention, and I and I really wanted to come in one because I know I, I've known you for you know many years. I know your mom, and another thing is I wanted to snoop around. I want to know what you're doing because I know I can see that you are very successful. I mean, I think that you have stepped it up, you know, and 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 that's what's gonna bring you know at, uh, at the end of the day more clients, more business. One hundred percent. I think what you know what's more important is that experience outweighs anything so it's an honor having you on the show jose and i, I thank you it's, it's been an honor having you and uh i look forward to to working together in the future as well thank you very much for having me yes